0: I'm going to give you tangible advice on exactly how to do what you want to do, lead and love your life. Today, I'm going to talk about fear. Yeah, that four-letter word, that scary thing. It's probably not something that you've encountered. It's actually something that you're saying to yourself. Let me give you some examples of fear and what fear might be saying. That's not my job. Oh my goodness. If I had a dollar for every time I heard this in corporate America, in working with people, whatever it is, oh my goodness, I would be a millionaire. But what I think that's not my job is really saying is I don't want to take the time to learn that skill. That's scary and different for me. I don't know how to do it, so peace be with you. Bye bye Really? You're really going to be okay with saying that's not my job? Really? I, I just, that's not who I am. My personal opinion of that's not my job is, first of all, like I said before, I think you're scared. Second of all, I think that you have some limiting beliefs around what it is that your job really is. So no matter who you work for or what you do, your job is to service the customer. If you're in IT, the stuff that you're building right now is servicing someone. And that person is paying the bills of the organization. And that organization pays you a paycheck. So how can you say that's not my job? Now, if you don't know how, because you want to service the customer, right? This is where your resourcefulness comes in. And you have to say to yourself, okay, fear is telling me that's not my job. But what I believe is that you do know how. You just need a second to say who, what, when, where, why. Why do I need to know this? When do I need to have this answer by? What can help me, aka YouTube or Google? Who can help me? So if somebody is asking you this question, why don't you partner with that person? Why don't you say, you know what? I don't know the answer, but let's go figure it out together. What kind of research have you done? When do we need to do this by? How long do you think we have to do this? And then go figure it out together because two heads are better than one. That is like probably one of the oldest phrases on earth, and it's still true. It is 100% true. Do not try to do things by yourself. So the next thing I want to talk about is another wonderful thing that fear whispers at us. I'll get criticized. Oh my gosh. Yes, you will get criticized but that's how you get better and maybe you won't get criticized so i'm gonna go all the way back all the way back to when i was in undergraduate and we had to put together a supply chain presentation on benchmarking and we had a an actual fictitious company that we were creating this benchmarking exercise for and our presentation was how we were looking at the marketplace and benchmarking. So if you're not sure what benchmarking is, it's basically just researching what other companies have done, taking those learnings, moving forward with how your company can become better based on those types of things, creating steps, all these other things. It was an amazing project. But this teacher, oh, I have no idea how to describe this except for Simon Cow. He would rip groups apart I mean, the first group that got up to do their presentation, he literally spent 30 minutes picking it apart, talking about how they missed this. They didn't include that. You know, they left out this. This person didn't make eye contact with the audience. There was too much ums. You were looking at the floor. No one had confidence. And I have to say that this is one of my favorite professors because he prepared me for the real world. But going back to my group was like third and these were over weeks, right? So this first group that went, I knew that we had two weeks now to actually create a project, knowing how he was going to judge us. I said to my group, we better own this benchmarking is our life. We are going to eat, sleep and breathe benchmarking. We are going to figure this out and have the most robust solution. And then we're also going to armor up and be okay with whatever he says to us, because we're going to know we spent all this time on this. So we got up in front of the group, by the way, we spent literally those two weeks doing it. We did not go to bed the night before the presentation. We were fixing every slide. We were trying to poke holes in it. We were trying to put ourselves in his position. And let me just tell you, it was awesome because it made us rise to the occasion and create something that to this day, I, I wish I knew where this project was because I would totally present it again. It was that good. So the other thing about it was every single person in the group had to present. He was not letting anyone cop out and just do the slides or the research. Everyone had to present. Hello, welcome. It's what we do in corporate America every day. So it was so smart. So he, we do our presentation, and he goes down the group, and he tells each person I really liked how you did this. You defined benchmarking to us. You let us know exactly what the solution was up front. Very smart. And then he went down and talked to each person about how they presented themselves. And just like Simon Cowell, he dashed some dreams, but then he let hope under me. Because when he got to me, he said, You were born to present. And it was so funny because at the time, I thought he meant supply chain. You know, you were born to do supply chain. What he meant was I was really born to talk to people and convey ideas and lead organizations. And at the time, again, I I missed it because I was so excited about the project and all of that. And I do love supply chain. But the reason I'm sharing this story is I could have said, oh, my gosh, guys, he's going to rip us apart. So let's just throw something together and, you know, just take our beatings and leave. But that's not what we did. We knew we were going to get criticized. So we just threw ourselves into it because that way we knew whatever we're getting criticized for, we're going to become even better. And that benchmarking project became pardon the pun, the benchmark for how I would create everything that I've done to this day. Because I had the amazing teacher that shared with me, criticism is good. So if you're creating something, you have this great idea, this thing that you want to do, if you're afraid you're going to get criticized, what are those people going to say? And then write that presentation or do that thing. Now, if somebody says this idea won't work, you know, that's the thing, that's the criticism you think you're going to get, then come up with all the reasons why you think it will. And you do your own research on why you think that's going to work. If you think that the situation, you know, you're going to get laughed at, why? Why would you get laughed at? And then maybe bring that to your presentation. I know what I'm about to tell you. You're going to laugh at. So let's all have a good laugh. And then let's laugh at the end all the way to the bank because this is going to be the best idea you've ever heard. Yeah, go in like that. So whatever you think you're going to get criticized on, it's going to make you better. And by the way, you aren't for everyone. And that's also okay. I am not for everyone, and that is okay. I'm okay with that. There is this old phrase about giving a care, which is a nice way of saying uh, another F word, but giving a care. So I gave all my cares many years ago. And at this point, I care more about impacting people and creating amazing ideas and solutions for others than being judged. Criticizing isn't really like my jam. One of my favorite things that I hear all the time is I'm going to get fired. I am going to get fired. Okay, let's talk about this for a second. I'm going to get fired. Fear is breathing down your neck if you believe that. Now, organizations are constantly growing and shrinking. It's how they work. So there might be some merit in I'm going to get fired in terms of I know my company is going to shrink. The question is, what are you doing with that? Are you letting the fear of I'm going to get fired paralyze you? And if it does, then... Not only are you going to get fired, but then you're not going to have a job. You've just paralyzed yourself. Instead, what I would rather you do is build your own parachute where you're going to land on solid ground. How you do that is you say, it's time to look. It's time to look elsewhere. I'm going to update my resume. I'm going to get my interview skills back up, and I'm going to get myself back in the marketplace, dipping my toe in while I have the upper hand what is the upper hand? It is called being gainfully employed. It does help to find a job when you're gainfully employed. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. If you're in the opposite boat, please don't play the desperation card. People will love you, but I just want you to know if you're, if you feel this, I'm going to get fired. You need to take the steps to look for another job. Here's the other thing. Why do you think you're going to get fired if your company is not shrinking, if your department is growing, if the company is growing, if what you're selling is just going gangbusters, why do you feel you're going to get fired? What is that feeling from? Do you feel that you are not bringing your A game every day? Do you feel that your talents are not warranted in that organization? Do you feel that you're constantly criticized when you bring all of those things? My answer for you will be the other as well. I think you should look for another job. This is the greatest time. If you are listening to this right when it's coming out, this is the greatest time to look for a job. It's the lowest unemployment rate we've had in forever. There are more jobs than there are people who want to work. And that is why it's a great time to dip your toe in for no other reason than maybe to get a confidence boost. If you're going to get fired, then you've got something to land on. But going back to this, I'm going to get fired. Does this root in the fact that you just don't feel you're good enough? And then what about what you offer isn't good enough? Do you feel guilty because you have to pick your kids up every day after school or after work? Do you feel guilty because you can't be on the 6 p.m. call because that's dinner time at your house? Um, No, people. That's called boundaries. And if you show up to work with your guns blazing, doing a great job, then nobody cares that you need dinner with your family. That's fine. Give yourself grace. Here's something else I want to throw at you. And this is not mine. I I read a lot and I want to share some books and things as well on this topic, but no one's thinking about you. I know that sounds so awful, but what I mean, it's actually to make you feel better. So think right now about someone you really don't like somebody that just really gets under your skin. How much time do you dedicate to thinking about said person? probably not a whole lot, right? You might see them in passing and think about them for a second and how much you don't like them and how they get under my skin. And then guess what happens? You go back to thinking about yourself. That is where everyone lives, especially in the working world. Everyone is trying to get ahead. Even if they're managing teams, if they're good leaders, they're thinking about their teams in terms of how... The team as a whole is servicing the business. But honestly, no one is sitting in an office saying, oh, Sam's been with us for 10 years. Let's plan Sam's journey over the next 20 years with the organization. (laughs) Nobody has time for that. So you need to be planning that for yourself. I also want you to know, again, because of that, no one's thinking about you in a bad way either, unless you are not showing up to work every day. You are not putting together a good work product. You are constantly taking days off and maybe overuse your vacation or excuses about why you need to leave early you know, all these different things, then yes, you probably are going to get fired. You are not a good fit for the organization, but I can almost guarantee you that if you were doing your job every day, that no one is thinking of you. And I really don't want you to feel bad about that. I want you to feel good about that because you need to be thinking about you. You need to be creating the steps for you. And along our journey together, that's what I want to give you. I want you to know I'm thinking of you. I want you to grow and succeed. And I want you to learn and thrive and get away from this four-letter word known as fear and move into excitement and passion and action. Oh my goodness. Action is the most underutilized word in the vocabulary. People love to talk. Here I am sitting here talking. But what about action? So you'll notice in the things that I mentioned to you, All of my solutions I said to you are action. You know, when it was, that's not my job. What did I tell you to do? Partner with the person that's asking you the question. Going to find out, going to YouTube, going to Google, finding those things out. I'll get criticized. Level up. Make the best presentation you possibly can. Take all the criticisms you think you're going to get and make an action plan based on that. Create the presentation around those criticisms. I'm going to get fired look for another job, update your resume, become active on LinkedIn, actively contribute articles and pieces to your industry, become a leader in the industry, become someone that people trust and want to hear more about because you are an invaluable resource for whatever industry you're a part of. All of that is action. If you want to conquer fear, the best way to do that is through action. Because Fear hates action. Fear loves paralysis. Ooh, it wants to hold you. I think a fear is like a snake. One of those, I think like a boa constrictor is the one that can like suffocate you to death. Well, I think that that's what fear is. I think fear wants you to sit, do nothing while it slowly suffocates you, but throw in some action and fear disappears. It is scared to death of action. Fear is scared of action. That's right. That's what I said. I have one more thing that you might be saying to yourself that I want to address, because this thing paralyzed me as well. This was my boa constrictor for the longest time. That guy is better than me. Who is that guy? Anyone? Name people. It doesn't matter. I used to swim when I was in elementary school, so clearly I'm the Michael Phelps of, you know 10-year-olds. Uh, I was not really that great. I could not dive. I was scared of diving off of the diving platforms because I was a deep diver, which is very dangerous in shallow water. And I would look at everyone on the starting block and I would freak out until I started swimming the backstroke. If you've ever swam the backstroke, you will know that you really can't see anything around you and you can't hear because your ears are in the water. So if you're swimming any other stroke, you can actually see the people around you, if they're behind you or near you or about to catch up with you, you can see them. You can't with the backstroke. You can only see the sky or the top of the building if you're swimming indoors and the flags that they typically put up. uh, Well, when you're 10, they put flags up so you don't bang into the wall. So I was always looking for the flags. And what was really cool about this particular sport for me, backstroke, was that I held the the record. And why did I hold the record for backstroke for all the 10-year-olds in the nation? Okay, not really the nation. It was in my hometown, not a big deal. I couldn't see anyone around me. So I couldn't compare myself and limit myself in saying, oh, he's faster, she's stronger. She'll beat me. Basically, every other time in my life when I've been successful, it's when I've pictured myself doing the backstroke. I don't look at anything else. I don't see what's out there. I do what's best for me. I be the best Emily I can be. So today, what I want you to do is whoever you think is better than you, you might be right. Maybe they are better than you, whatever better than you means. Faster, stronger, smarter, blah, blah, blah. blah. I don't believe any of that. Because You can outwork and outlast anyone. Just put your blinders on and get to work. Did you love what you heard today and you want more? Sign up for my weekly email in the show notes. You can also follow me on Facebook or LinkedIn by simply typing in Emily Hawkins, the number four, the letter U. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram, it's at eHawkins28. I'll see you here next week.